right, it's special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. Uh, joining me as my guest co-host is reality TV icon from realityaftershow.com. You might know him from Survivor, Pearl Islands, and uh, Survivor All-Stars, uh, and many, many more. Johnny Fairplay, my good buddy, back on BTB. How's it going, Al? It's been a, been a minute. It has been a minute. I thought you were the perfect uh, co-host to interview C.J. Perry, a.k.a. Lana, the ravishing Russian from the WWE. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, I, our, uh, our worlds have crossed paths uh, on a couple different occasions, and uh, so, but I've never in person, so it, it, uh, this will this will be fun. So, you know, after Survivor, I did, I did TNA wrestling, and, you know, I've right. continued to do wrestling stuff throughout the years but uh, uh i was actually approached to be on the second season of surreal life so, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, so there you go i, I would love what, to exchange notes so. yeah you're the perfect perfect person to host <laughs> this great interview of course surreal life on vh1 uh, new episodes dropping every monday night uh but really quick fair play uh tell us about uh all your after shows going on Oh, geez. Too many to count. So uh, go to realityaftershow.com uh, for links to everything. Um, I, uh, I have uh, – uh, we do a Survivor After Show, a Survivor recap each week uh, covering U.S. Survivor on the Patreon at realitypatron.com. We cover Australian Survivor and the Challenge Australia. I'm doing Survivor viewing parties all over the country. Uh, next week I'm going to be in uh, uh, the Meadowlands, New Jersey, uh, seven miles from Times Square at Valero Snort uh, Brewery. And so uh, head over to SurvivorHomecoming.com for that. And there's CJ. <laughs> That's right. Let's go ahead and introduce her, guys. You can currently see her on VH1 on Surreal Life every Monday night, 9 p.m., with a whole host of crazy characters, uh, formerly known as Lana in the WWE. Uh, CJ, uh, welcome to Below the Belt Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I've watched the first four episodes that are available for everyone's viewing pleasure. And my God, is there some drama? And it seems a lot of the drama stems from uh, the worm himself, Dennis Rodman. Dennis likes to stir the pot a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis also likes to uh, walk around nude. So you've seen the worm, I guess. I mean, I closed my eyes because I didn't want my husband to be mad at me. So I was like, ah! <laughs> I didn't want the big Bulgarian brute to show up. And <laughs> we hope he shows up, actually. I think that'd be uh, interesting uh, TV. But you actually mentioned in the first episode that you did not want to share a room with Dennis Rodman. That was like the most important thing. Well, my husband told me I could not share a room with any men. So uh, um, as I'm like getting going to the airport, he's like, you cannot share a room with a man. And I'm like, OK, what about if he's gay? Um, so it turned out to be perfect because Tamar Braxton and I like bonded immediately. It, it, it was it was a big bond. It... <laughs> oh, no, am I stalling? CJ, are you with us? So, all right. So, as I was mentioning before, uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve, biggest bar night of the year. See me in uh, seven miles from Times Square, Bolero Snort Brewery. Go to survivorhomecoming.com. 
I'll be joined by uh, 10 survivors, at least uh, a couple surprise guests. Very excited. Mm -hmm. So uh, so check us out there. And then the following week, my last uh, viewing party of the year, I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina at Lenny Boy Brewing. Uh, tickets for that, SurvivorTix.com. So tickets for both, SurvivorHomecoming.com, SurvivorTix.com. They're available. And I think CJ's back. Yes, <laughs> CJ's back with us. Yes. We were just... <laughs> I think we, uh, when we when you left us, we were talking about uh, not sharing a room with any guy unless he was gay, which in the case of Manny, uh, who is gay, that might have been OK. But uh, I was yeah. about to ask my husband for permission, but he uh, luckily Tamar and I bonded really well. So Tamar Braxton and I were roommates and she was the best roommate. I loved her. Awesome. Well, how do you get involved in this social experiment? Uh, what what convinced you to to join the show? Oh, man. Well, I was a big fan when it was on and I would run home. I would watch it. I mean, it's Flava Flav and Bridget Nelson and yes. China, all on different, you know, different seasons. But I was a huge fan. And so when I got the call and was asked to be on the show, I was shocked also because it hasn't been on for 15 years. So it's like, whoa, this is a reboot. Oh my gosh, you want me to be a part of it? So mm -hmm. I was just, I was super excited. I also was really anxious because essentially you're living in a house with seven other strangers that mm -hmm. happen to be celebrities with no doors. You know, it's kind of like a, a house of misfit toys, you know, all thrown in there. And, but at the same time, everyone has like these crazy memorable careers. And at the end of the day, I want to be mem memorable too, just like them. Awesome. I, 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 uh, I am Johnny Fairplay. I was on <laughs> Survivor and a bunch of other shows. Uh, I actually got a call for season two of Surreal Life in its first oh incarnation. And uh, the head of casting for Surreal Life back then was Kristen Prouty. No way. Yes. Oh, so, so we're sitting there and she was just like, Johnny, you know, are you interested in real life? I'm like, I don't know. And she was just like, she goes, you love the wrestling stuff. And I was just like, yeah, she goes, my roommate in college was Stephanie McMahon. And fast forward, she's right. <laughs> You want to hear something so crazy about that? Because first of all, I didn't know Kristen Prouty and Stephanie McMahon were um, roommates in college. That is like the hottest tea you could have given me. I love it. Thank you. I am here for it. Um, but all, amazing. But also like that's so wild that she was the casting director because when I auditioned and tried out for WWE, she was essentially the casting that was she was throwing holding the whole casting of the diva search in the WWE office. And I remember Kristen Prouty, like I came in and it's triple H and Kristen Prouty there. And um, yeah, so she had a big part of, I'm sure of getting me hired. So I'm yeah. forever thankful. She, we, we, we stay in touch. Like, uh, so a after surreal life, uh, Al, she, she went on, she's a, uh, she's uh, at, at one point, I don't know what her official title, she, she's head of um, like celebrity interactions for, for WWE. Uh, and and yeah. like uh, I remember I did a appearance in Australia and uh, the last day in Australia, we had a chance to go uh, do a tour of Peter Jackson's uh, deal. And uh, everyone mm -hmm. and I'm just like uh, WrestleMania's on. I need to watch. And so this is like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning in Australia. So I'm, I'm watching <laughs> WrestleMania. And so we fly back to LAX and we're going, you know, from one side of LAX to the other. And we're, you know, trying to get to this other terminal. A limousine pulls up right as we get to the terminal we're looking for. And it's Kristen getting out of the limo with uh, Mickey Rourke. Ooh. Oh, wow. 
And 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 Mickey and I was like, I just watched you on WrestleMania. Uh, I was in Australia. Goes, yeah, I was just in Australia. I'm like, no, you weren't. You were at WrestleMania. <laughs> that is and Chris is like, wild. what are you doing, Fair Play? And I'm like, so. But back when she <laughs> asked right. me, so it back a long time ago after the first seat, it was the Hollywood perception of the first season of of Surreal Life was when you did the Surreal Life. That was it. That was your last check you cash in Hollywood. And so she, so, so for season two, she was like, Hey, are you interested? And I'm like, no, I, I got, I got a lot of checks that still, still needed to be cash. I'm so then season two comes out and you get all these spinoffs, you know, like, like Chris mm-hmm. Knight, uh, got the spinoff and, and, and flavor play and all these. And so season three, I'm calling Kristen. I'm just like, Hey, <laughs> and she was like, right. you already told me no. And I'm like, I changed my mind. I didn't know there's spinoffs. <laughs> You know what's so I that's such a great story and I love that like the industry has changed so much too because you're talking about like 2004 2005 right when it was like oh my god if you do reality you can either do traditional television or you can do reality you can't do both there was you know? no both. It was like, yeah you have social media traditional format reality like you can't be one trick pony you have to do it all and we we carve our own path no yeah you know, no matter what you know so I, I love to see that i love hearing that story and just to see how the industry has evolved as a whole it's exciting absolutely and you forayed in the reality television with total divas what would you say the biggest difference is uh, between the two shows, Total Divas mm-hmm. and Surreal Life? Well, the initial is that Surreal Life is a comedy and Total Divas is a doc-style reality show. And Surreal Life is a social experiment and it's a comedy. So there's like a lot of drama happening. Um, you know, a lot of drama on, on really that was happening in the house. And, <laughs> and the producers would, you know, we can't even see the producers. It's just like a house, a big house. And they're like, who knows where, you know, hiding somewhere. And then <laughs> right. when all this stuff went down with Dennis and he had to like leave the house because right. of you know, some inappropriate things that were said. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an understatement. Um, but um, Dennis and I are cool. You have to, you have to, you have to keep on watching. Um, but oh. um, the producers come out of like the walls all of a sudden. You know, the producers and the executives at VH1, and they're like, "Guys, this is not a drama. This is." A- <laughs> this is a comedy. We're all like, this is a comedy. We don't feel really comedic. Um, but it turned out like an edit and how they've edited it, just the network and the producers have been so amazing of just, you know, bringing it, making it really entertaining. I've, I've so enjoyed watching it myself, to be honest. I'm like, this is funny. There's a lot of crying moments, you know, Dennis breaks down, uh, Tamar breaks down and cries. I know. So there, there's more, more more of a dramedy reality show. That yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And Dennis is like just getting to know him in a different type of way. And him, you know, it was really cool to see how he opened up. And um, with everyone, people were opening up in different ways. And you start to realize, oh, this is the reason why you are the person who you are. And who am I mm-hmm. to judge you? Like I might be exactly the same way in those exper- if I had those experiences. So it was really cool to get to know people not just about their headlines or their careers but for who they really are like stormy daniels talk about talk about headlines and she talked about how the 90 seconds with trump was one of the worst experiences of her life i know it that was crazy <laughs> 90, 90 seconds that's all it took i guess <laughs> Crazy, crazy. And Stormy's so cool. Like, mm. she's so funny. 
She's mm-hmm. so, so funny and she's so cool. And that's like a, another experience that I, I grew up in a very conservative home where I was raised mm-hmm. like, pornography is from the devil. You cannot watch it. <laughs> and so then I put in with this uh, woman who is an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. You know, she does so many things. She's so smart and brilliant and funny. And yeah, she might direct porn and star porn and write porn and win all these awards in porn. Right. But like, who am I to judge you and what you do just because of like my constructs of be like be raised a sort of type of way. So I thought it was kind of funny they put the polar opposites together and also it's really, really cool. <laughs> That's one. And of course, uh, also joined by Fakir Munez from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Kim Coles, August Alsina. Um, so that rounds out the cast of uh, the other names we already mentioned. So who will you remain friends with after this is all over? I'm very close with Manny. Like we talk, I don't know, a couple times a week at the very least. And he only lives 10 minutes down the road from me. So I definitely, we hang out a lot. We went to Coachella together. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I took him to his first wrestling show at at the Forum, at AEW. So we're super tight. Um, But I also talk to Tamar all the time. And um, I have a group chat with Tamar in August. And we stay in touch. I love them. Um, Dennis has like, no joke at least seven burner phones like as there <laughs> I believe he's like it. pulling out another burner another burner another like uh, phone number he's like oh, <laughs> love his style love his style i'll find you um so <laughs> yeah I, i'm cool with everyone but those are the people that i talk to the most that's awesome now uh the first episode uh we saw luce libre challenge and that must have got you I mean, what were your feelings about that particular chance? Because, you know, you were previously in the WWE last year and sadly released from your contract. Uh, but I want to get into the wrestling stuff a little later. But uh, how, how did you feel doing that challenge? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. Like, when we showed up at this iconic ring, I was an arena. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you literally got to be kidding me. Out of all places, you bring me. And um, they wanted us to create a character. And so I just, you know, started creating... Svetlana, who is the same as Lana, you know, yes. the same, it's just a shorter <laughs> version. It's like Mike versus Michael. And I, I don't know, that was the time that I re- I realized like, no, I'm not done with wrestling. I'm going to go and I'm going to take a little, this is a different chapter, but I will return back to wrestling. And when I do return, I'm going to burn the house down. So I, well, that's, I, that's can, we, can we segue a little bit into the wrestling? Because Obviously, uh, Triple H uh, is now the create the the head creator uh, with WWE, uh, head of creative, and he's been hiring a lot of former talents back to the roster. Um, I'm just curious if uh, you know if any, either party has reached out to each other for a possible return of the Ravishing Russian. I guess you'll have to stay tuned. Um, I bet they have the tank I- in the warehouse still. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The tanks in the warehouse, no worries. Uh, I, um, you know, with wrestling, the the thing that I love about professional wrestling is everything is possible. You know, there is no, we live in a scripted world where Mm -hmm. we're predetermined endings and it's a soap opera and anything can happen. And can AEW, WWE, you know, any other. Right. And that's what I love about it so much is that it's endless amounts of opportunity, endless amounts of using your imagination to tell compelling stories. And I would love to return to wrestling if it's WWE, if it's AEW. I love H, you know, he I think he's a genius when it comes to storytelling. And 
I'd love to work with him again. Would would you be okay with just doing a managerial slash valet role or or is your heart just saying I have to be an in-ring wrestler? Well, if you ask Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman told me on the show like at least 15 times. Like I was about we were about to get in a fight. But I'm like, I'm gonna lose to Dennis Rodman, so I'm not gonna get in a physical fight with him. Uh, but <laughs> no, he kept on being like after we went to the ring and I started doing this character and I introduced Rodzilla, which I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm introducing freaking iconic Rodzilla, Dennis Rodman. Um, <laughs> and he, like his respect for me completely changed and he pulled me aside and he's like, hey, you know, I know you want to keep wrestling, but you got to do something iconic. Like you're incredible on the mic. You're incredible as a character. You're incredible as like a manager in real life and on screen like you're a hustler you're a negotiator you know how to maneuver and when he said that like i was a slightly offended because i'm like i'm only 35 years old what the and you know times have changed but now i realize he was really just saying go be great like you're gonna only be good in the ring and you're going to compete against the charlotte flares and the rias of the world and the younger and the faster and the stronger well go do something that's iconic and it kind of hurt my feelings but sometimes the truth hurts and so yeah mm -hmm. if i of course i want to wrestle again but i want it to be story driven versus like i am here to become champion you know no i'm here <laughs> to make the best champions and attach to me you're going to get opportunities and so that's ideally what i would want to do um i really like to become the greatest manager of all time and come for Paul Heyman's throne, you know, burn down, burn down the walls. I, I, I saw you as a modern day, uh, Miss Elizabeth when you were doing the, the whole ravishing Russian thing. I mean, like I, yeah. for, for someone to step into that quote unquote valet role and take such ownership of it, it, it like, you know, Miss Elizabeth, you know, even with the subtle stuff she was doing, you know, was just larger life and, and, and same with you. So, I mean, I, I, I thought you were incredible and, and I would love to see more of that. Oh my God, yes. thank you. Miss Elizabeth is one of my favorite characters. Um, it was Miss Elizabeth, Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, Vicky, Sherry Montel, like all of those were the people of why I so fell in love with wrestling because yes, it's physical. And if you take um, all those people, except for Miss Elizabeth in WWE, every single one of those have had, those people have had matches and pretty iconic matches at that, you know, like the CM Punk versus Paul Heyman at, um, I mean, they're mad. Yeah, it's like not maybe, you know, luchador style, but everyone is so emotionally invested because yep. they're resolving their conflict in the ring. And sometimes we just want to punch someone in the face. And that's the great thing about wrestling. We can. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Bob Bobby Heenan would take one bump a year and that bump meant so much. And this is a guy that took, you know, 50 bumps a night. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. And I should add, like, when you were managing uh, Rusev early in your WWE career, you're uh, a heel character, but the crowd still chanted, we want Lana, you know, or, <laughs> you know, every single time. So as, as a heel manager, that, that means you're totally over with the fans, you know, might have to do with the short business cards, uh, maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it was their business acumen, Al. <laughs> <laughs> and you. the business Thank acumen, you. of course. Thank you. Um, that, I had so much fun in that time and, you know, I think, you know, talking about definitely the short skirts help for sure and the blonde hair, but um, I think also the importance of having really great heels because um, 
Miro Rusev at the time was was so hated. Like so, there was no one more hated than him. So it just like turned me standing up to him when he wanted to kick me back to Russia and just me standing up to him that made me like instantly a baby face or a good guy. And so I just think that you know, in wrestling, if it's wrestling or if it's comic books, it's Marvel, DC, any type of stories, like we have to have, we have to have hated heels. If you don't have hated heels, then you you don't need anyone to save you. Exactly. Agreed. I was curious on your thoughts on, and also Amiro's thoughts on the storyline with Bobby Lashley when you had to kiss him a lot on, on camera. Uh, I was just curious because those kisses were, were pretty passionate. <laughs> <out of> it. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'm an actor first. I started off as a professional dancer and that's as a professional dancer, you know, you're kissing people starting at the age of very young because, you know, their love stories at Swan Lake, the Nutcracker, everything is basically a, a woman in distress that needs saving from her, you know, Prince Charming. And so you just learn to be so comfortable with your body and partnering and love, you're just telling stories, you know, and yeah, it might involved being intimate with someone but you just kind of it's the job and then as I segued into acting those were the roles that were given to me a lot of times it was like either the girlfriend or the cheater or the escort or the hooker you know and so <laughs> I was just like cool this is what Hollywood is telling me my like is believable then I'm going to do the best version of it so when Paul Heyman called me about this story he was the showrunner at the time I, I knew it was money. Like I knew this story was money. Like, yes, we might be hated, but I knew numbers <laughs> were going to be crazy and I knew it was going to be money. And then I was standing in gorilla and Paul Heyman's like, come over here. This better make this the best kiss possible. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then Vince like brings, like, he wants to give me a pep talk. He's like, this better be like, this is, this is going to solidify if this story is going to sell. So you better like give it your all, like your career depends on it so that's what i did and it wow. worked i'm surprised mira was okay with it though i mean we're actors you know yeah. this is this is like yeah wrestling i understand that wrestling people want to believe everything is 100 percent real and right it is like the best stories are for sure the blurred line you know the Charlotte versus Becky when Becky turned on Charlotte, you know, of course, but also this is entertainment. And like, there's only so much that we can fight for the championships. How many titles are there? So and then what happens to everyone else? Like you're only supposed to be with your sig real significant other. Or are we going to tell stories that are interesting and compelling and do numbers and make us all money? I'm for that. Yes. Al, Al's always trying to practice kiss me. And I'm just like, it, <laughs> it, there's not even a part. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a script here, Al. Jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> what superstar, whether it be AEW or WWE, would you love to work with when you return? And you haven't yet. Oh God, you're you're crazy. With Is that a question. tough one? Um, I love to like maybe revisit some things with Liv Morgan for sure. Yes. You know, I think, yeah, definitely. I would love to revisit that. Um, or are we talk about WWE or AEW growth? You can talk about both. Yeah. Oh God. Or if you take the other path and go to AEW, who would you like to work with? 
I mean, of course I would love to work with my husband. You know, I have such a connection with him when it comes to our work and um, it's exciting. I love, I love wrestling. I love creating and entertaining. So I love to share that experience with him. Um, but yeah, I guess I want to create, if I could, I don't put one person in the box. I feel like if I start okay. giving you names, then it's like, oh God, <laughs> oh God, there's a bunch of, you know, different things that could go go wrong. But I love to develop a management company that has reps, wrestlers in WWE or AEW, wherever I end up going, and that become champions. And I'm the woman with the champions. And that's really my dream. So that's awesome. So maybe tall men and beautiful women, all different types. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly works. That certainly works. Well, uh, let's go pivot back to the surreal life a little bit. Um, you've had some interesting uh, experiences in the first four episodes. Not only the Lucha Libre challenge, you did a, um, a yoga challenge, which involved horseback riding, where you actually stood on a horse. Um, <laughs> and then uh, at that same location, there was a chapel and ironically, a few of you had beers or alcohol and were swearing in the church, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny and ironic. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, there was a soccer challenge where you did um, not only soccer, but with an inflatable ball surrounding you guys and faced off against a group of teenagers. Uh, and then, of course, there was the dinner in the sky where a lot of uh, dirty laundry was, was aired out. So. Out of the, those experiences, which one uh, resonates with you the most? Of course, the wrestling one. I I love wrestling. I love being in that ring, and I love playing a character, and um, love being a heel. Love being a heel. And so even in that moment, I was like, God, I love this so much. Uh, but definitely the hamster soccer. Yes. That was so funny. Like I was crying, like I'm out there. I can barely breathe. Like we're claustrophobic. It's hot. It's like right. air. And I am like, I'm like, I'm going to freaking beat these kids. And I go charging in. And I would just, <laughs> this would just have me flying and like literally doing these crazy bumps and twirls. And I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. And then I'm like looking at the camera people, like everyone is crying. We're all laughing so hard. And we just needed that because the night before there was a lot of drama. And I want to say maybe the dentist thing had just happened. And we're, it was just like hev heavy atmosphere. So to have where we're all just laughing so hard, it's like laughing's good for the soul. And we got, we got to make it happen for ourselves. And it, it was great. And I'm like, I don't care. Keep on, let me keep twirling. Knock the shit out of me. And you won that uh, hamster soccer challenge against the teenagers. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> you would have lost a bunch of kids. That would have been something oh. for the ego, I guess, right? I know. And uh, so us four are really competitive. Me, Manny, Frankie, and Tamar really bonded over being super competitive. And us four, four were the people that did every single activation. We would play cards at the house. Like everything always turned into some type of like you know, sibling competition. And I, I craved it. You know, I worked in wrestling with women where we all we do is compete. We love each other, but we all want that spot. And so it was cool. It was like, oh, that was my happy place, you know, a friendly competition. Awesome. And you revealed something very interesting on episode four when you 
spoke with a spiritual love uh, person and that you revealed that you uh, are trying to get pregnant. So, uh, yeah. Is that maybe a reason why you haven't signed with (laughs) WWE or AEW yet? Yeah, I definitely think that I, I took it as a sign and I'm not saying, you know, I have, I mean, I'm not pregnant yet. So I, yeah, at first I was like, maybe this is this my time to be spend more time with my husband because I was on the road so much and we were separate and at you know we saw each other maybe a week a month during all of 2020 and the majority of 2021. So I was like, oh, maybe it's gonna happen, but um, yeah, hasn't happened yet. So I just I, I go with the flow. All right. Oh, one interesting thing on episode two. Uh, you were making the the ladies a little jelly with uh, your bikini bod. <laughs> and uh, okay, I certainly appreciate. Hey, appreciate. Yeah, I gotta admit. Uh, yeah, you looked uh, amazing. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank Absolutely you so much. amazing. I I can understand why the ladies were like, man. <laughs> they didn't want to do the same thing, I guess. I wanted them to. Like, I feel like so often that we and I under, that me and Stormy talked a lot about it because mm-hmm. you know she. she People, we all sometimes can get insecure about just like opening up and just being who we are when it comes to, it could be a bikini, it could be, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's because society puts all these constructs, you know, all these, like, you're supposed to look a certain type of way. You're supposed to be a certain type of size or certain age or certain eye color. And it's just like, screw it. Like, F it. Like, just love yourself. The people that's contagious. Like when you love yourself and you're confident, people are drawn to it. And that's one of the best, I think, attributes people can have is confidence. I love it. And of course, you're rocking some darker hair than we're used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love the look. I think blonde. I'm not going to lie, but I needed, I needed a break. Like last year there was an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I just needed a departure from the blonde, uh, from that, the ravishing Russian character. And now, I want to go back to so we'll see. <laughs> nice. Uh, we also got a movie uh, called uh, Wife Like. Uh, the trailer looks dope. Uh, it's about AI and, and uh, it stars Jonathan Rhys Myers and Elena Camporis. Tell us a little bit about your Holly character in this film. It was so much fun to be in the movie with Jonathan and Elena. They're amazing actors. Um, phenomenal. Elena, I, I feel like she's has a crazy bright future. She's so, so talented. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to, to work with them. And my character was, um, originally it was an escort. And um, then again, you know, when you do edits, a lot of things can have change, but it was the only human, like female in the movie besides like the cops. Oh. Yeah, everyone else was AIs. And so there, the whole point of this character was to basically be the love interest of one of the guys that essentially sacrifices himself to help save the day. And um, so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I guess they're like, this is the real love story. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Like the character's an escort. But that was his whole point is like, this is such a different world where norms and standards are so different that they still can find love. And I thought that was a really beautiful thing. So it was really cool. It kind of like changed a little bit in the final, the final edit. But um, I like that they had chosen to take a a character, a job, uh, a career where we 
often society might look down upon and go, no, 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 this person deserves love as as well. You can fall in love with this person. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. Again, so in the like, end, do you remain an escort or, or is that changed through the edit that you're not? That you don't, you don't, I mean, I guess you could kind of pick it up, but it's not like literal. Like we were yeah. literally showing that type of stuff, like him paying, like all this different stuff. So now, I mean, now you know what it is. So then when you watch it, you can be like, oh, this is the backstory of it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, I guess you can kind of get the drift. Did, did, was that a suggestion on your part or was that just, just, you know, like, producer and director decision, you know, moving forward, uh, like after filming or was that something you were like, Hey, does she really need to be an escort or or no? (laughs) That was, that was all them. Like I had no, I, like I watch it and I, I, I see why they like changed it a little bit because it tells just a different type of story a little bit, um, more. And so that was, you know, it's the, you kind of, they say movies go through three different, changes and it's like the right writing and then when you film it and then the editing is a whole other and that's very much what happened um but it's cool i mean it's i learned so much from that from about filmmaking of there there's so many things that we can change from adding a different cut or music or the different sound different reaction um so i've learned a lot i've learned a lot from it a a fun a fun suggestion story uh 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 uh, my friend Rhino from my first season of Survivor. I, I, yeah. I believe you've hung out with Rhino a couple of times. And anyway, Rhino, uh, he do, he does like film work in L.A. and and he was an extra on this uh, Emilio Estevez show on CBS. It was some cop show, and so he's he's a he's a he's an extra with uh, uh so basically uh, the character it's it's a woman being interrogated by Emilio Estevez and my friend Rhino is supposed to be her husband who just you know stands behind her and that's it you know no no lines he just stands mm-hmm. behind her <laughs> and so right before filming uh Rhino uh explains to Emilio and others that uh, uh the husband would not just sit quietly behind her that he would uh, that he would say something and he would be aggravated and here's the words he would say if Rhino and uh <clears throat> Emilio uh, uh politely and promptly escorted him off the set <laughs> for his, it was Jeez. it made me so happy <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! If he was a principal like, character, yes! that, that might have had a different story. But he was a backup <laughs> actor, so that that, that explains that one. Um, oh, do you, so do you have any more? Um, as we wrap up this interview, do you have any more um, bucket list acting roles that you'd like to do? I know you've done Pitch Perfect one and two, and of course this wife like. Um, are there any other acting uh, jobs or uh, roles that you would love to do? Oh my God, of course. There's, I have a long list of stuff, but um, I do have a movie coming out where I'm playing an assassin, a deadly assassin, oh. which is really exciting. And it's going to be on Paramount Plus. Um, I can't give all the details yet, but okay. it was really cool because the character was inspired from The Undertaker and like visually. And Yo. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That's and awesome. That's so crazy. And then also the character was written for a man originally. And then I had black hair at the time and the character had black hair. So one of the EPs was like, well, what about CJ? You know, and then they I was training a lot with swords and weapons and I got the audition, I got the role, and um, it's really cool because I got to be with incredible people like 
work with David Zayas and um, just a lot of other people that I was kicking their asses. And um, <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is such a departure from WWE where I always had to wear pink and I always needed saving, you know? So right. it was cool to be the, the ass kicker and being dark. Yeah, the badass. And, you know. I love it. Undertaker. So that's that's really exciting. But I love to do more things like that. I love to do more action stuff and either serious action or action comedy as well. You know, I I feel like I'm good at making people laugh, even if I'm kind of the butt of the joke. <laughs> and but as Certainly long as so. Yeah. In surreal life, you're very, very entertaining. CJ, this has been an incredible interview. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. And before we end, if you could do a little promo, uh, let us know who you are. You could throw out Surreal Life, WWE, maybe throw in uh, the line of voice, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Hi, I'm CJ Perry. I am formerly known as WWE Superstar Lana. You can see me on Surreal Life on VH1. Subscribe to cjperry.com for all the tea and exclusive content. And... Catch me on Below the Belt. Love it. That's great. Let's do a uh, nice little photo up. In three, two. Awesome. CJ and Rachel from PR Machine, thank you so much uh, for this awesome uh, interview here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you guys. Awesome. Great chat and fi finally meeting. I, I, so I was I was in TNA wrestling and all that after my first Survivor. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, our yeah. paths never <laughs> crossed. But Oh, my God. It's so nice to talk to you and meet you. And I'm sure I'll see more of you. Oh, yeah. This yeah. So. so much fun. Maybe we can, like, lock up sometime or something. Headlock takeover. There you go. I'd Sounds love great. to see that match. I'm sure Fairfield will <laughs> yes. <do it>. <laughs> you'll, you'll win. I promise. You win. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank, thanks for having me on now. And uh, CJ, thank you. Good luck. Keep keep it up. You're, you're kicking butt. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank every, you. Every Monday night, 9 p.m. And hopefully in uh, a wrestling promotion soon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a good weekend. CJ, thank you so much. Bye.